If you have Rav Kapach's Rambam in front of you, we are on page Tet Zayin. Tet Zayin. It's an interesting thing how in the Jewish community, we don't number certain page numbers after HaKadosh Baruch name. Uh, like Tet Zayin would otherwise be a Yud and a Vav, or the one before that would have been a Yud and a Hey. Uh, and some point in time, we started numbering things a little differently. Uh, though you do randomly find in places in Jewish literature where there were mechabrim, authors who were not so particular in this, and they did write uh, a page yud and a hey or something else uh, in that regard. Let's look at Rabbi Yosef Kapach in the bottom of the page. Matrat Rabbeinu b'chiburo. The, the goal of Rabbeinu HaRambam in his writing of the Mishneh Torah. Matrat Rabbeinu b'chiburze. The goal of Rabbeinu in this work, the Mishneh Torah, as opposed to any of his other works, it's clear as day because that's what he wrote clearly in the introduction to this book. So that every person who has a short attention span or is of limited ability intellectually, not because they're not intelligent, but because they don't have the time to sit down and go through the Gemara and the Shas and the Rishonim and and he reached a certain level that he understands the greatness of himself. And even somebody who thinks that he has a great mind. will be able to look at this book and determine actual halakha, not theoretical halakha, but halakha psuka, ruled halakha, clear halakha. Without having to work too hard, to sift out the halachic conclusions from inside the Gemara. Or you wouldn't even have to go look through the writings of the Geonim, that not all of those writings were created equally. This one says this opinion, this one says that opinion. Exactly the way Rabbeinu explained in his introduction to the book of Mitzvot. And it's clear that Rabbeinu said these things with hesitation. Maybe I can explain. When a person comes to deal with a halachic question, I, I recall once when I was dealing with the issue of pe'anochrit, wigs in halacha. You know, I've said many times that it's inappropriate for men to teach a chotzniu to women, and I still stand by what I say. Nonetheless, inside of the Bet Midrash, among Tamidich Hamim, we also learn the chotzniut. And in those days, when I was being osek in these halachot, I remember coming across famous machloket about whether a pe'ah yes, a pe'ah no, and all the opinions of the Rishonim and the Chawanim that deal with this matter. And ultimately, it came to a crossway machloket, if you can even call it that, among contemporary rabbis. Chacham Wadiyah Yosef, in his famous opinion, prohibiting wigs on one side. Rabbi Shalom Masas, on the other Sephardic side, adamant that one can wear wigs. Rabbi Yosef Masas, who says the women don't have to cover their hair at all anymore, perhaps. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, interestingly, had those connected with each other, adamant that you're not allowed to wear wigs. And in dealing with these different opinions, I came to Arapel, and said, what should I do? What do you, not what a lifsog, but how do you reject certain opinions of halakha? And our parents looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, what do you mean, lifsog? That's what I mean, lifsog, to cut. You have to know how to cut things. You have to know how to be decisive when it comes to halakhot. 
if you get carried away by so many distractions, by so many opinions, that's what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai writes in the Gemara. One day the Torah will be forgotten from the Jewish people. The rabbi said, what do you mean the Torah will be forgotten from the Jewish people? And the Gemara continues, and the Gemara says, that you will not find You won't find clear Mishnah, clear learning, and clear Halakha in one place. Where you have an abundance of opinions, you also have chaos. And many people, when they see numerous opinions, especially of great people, that they're afraid to rule against, they reach this place, of spiritual paralysis, where they're frozen. Rabbi Yitzchak, this microphone is working? I didn't turn it on. In this place of spiritual paralysis, people freeze. And they freeze. And that becomes a big problem. A lot of what you see around us in the Jewish community is because of the multitude of opinions, the abundance of halachic opinions. People don't know what to do anymore. I know a person, big time knows more Torah than I can know. But once when I was sitting with him, and they brought in front of him a donut. Okay, the healthy people among me, please don't get upset. They brought a donut, he wouldn't eat it. I said, oh wow, I didn't know you were so healthy. He says, no, I don't know which brachat to make on it. Do I wash my hands? Is it a mizonot? If it's a mizonot, and I wash my hands, does it count as a dessert that won't be included in the meal? Yes, no, he didn't know what to do. I looked at him, and I didn't feel, wow, look how much Torah this person knows. I felt me scared. Misken that this person doesn't know even on a simple thing what bracha do you make on food. Now for the record, if you would ask our parents what kind of bracha you would make on food that is dangerous for you, uh, he would tell you you're not allowed to make a bracha at all because you can't make a bracha on things that are, you're not allowed to eat for a different shul at a different time. Lema'aseh says of Yosef Kapach, and if I can summarize what he said until now, is that a person by studying the Ramah's Mishneh Torah, the Ramah's intention was that you, or me, or anyone who needs to know Halakha now, I don't have time to go look in the Gemara, and to go through the Geonim, and to sift out the, the different commentaries, the different readings, I want to know now, what can I do on Shabbat? What food is Kasher? What is Tameh? What is Tahoe? The Ramah wrote for us in Mishneh Torah. The purpose of the Mishneh Torah was not to cut out work. It was not a shortcut. But rather to hold back from mistaken understandings of the Torah from those so-called Chachamim. Who saw themselves as experts in the Torah, in the Talmud. And says, don't get carried away, which rabbi you think he's talking about? Because who doesn't see himself like that? Everybody thinks I'm the greatest posek in the world. Everyone thinks I know everything. That's exactly why the Rambam wrote his Mishneh Torah. When I was visiting Baltimore a number of years ago, I think it's now already 10 years, I was studying for Smicha with our parents in Yerushalayim, and I came back to Baltimore to the Sheva Brachot of a dear friend of mine, Rabbi Yoshua Gerstein. And uh, I got a ride back from his Sheva Brachot with Rabbi Yosef Tenner, Alav Shalom. Rabbi Yosef Tenner was my Rebbe in high school. And I hadn't seen him for a number of years. And when he was giving me a ride, he wanted to know, so how am I doing? And what yeshiva am I in? Who's my rabbi? And then he heard I was doing smicha. He said, you're single? Who let you do smicha when you're single? I said, my rabbi lets me do smicha when I'm single. And he said, okay, well, what, what do you guys study? So I told him what we were studying at the time. Shabbat. And he said, okay, well, how do you study? What's your derech halimud? And I told him how we study. 
We said Shukhan Aruch, with the Ramah, with the Nusei Kerim, with the Rav Peretz, his commentaries, the Tur, the Bet Yosef, you know, the things that we studied. And he said, what about the Sugiyas and the Gemara? What about the actual parts of the Talmud? I said, you know, we refer back to them when Rav Peretz sends us that direction to go look in the Talmud, in his notes, in the Sikumim of Shukhan Aruch. I said, uh, how do you think your Rebbe knew how to send you to the Gemara? I said, how? He said, because he wasn't lazy and he learned the right way. I remember feeling so down about myself. Our parents like, well, we were doing the Spark Notes uh, Halakha version. It's the, it's the cheat, cheat version. And I came back to Eretz Israel and I said, Our parents, what do we do? Are we cheating the system? Min Shemaya, Min Shemaya, that day when we were walking together, Hava Peretz saw somebody studying for the Rabbanut Smicha program, for the Chief Rabbanut Smicha exam, and he was studying the laws of Chupa Kiddushin. And he saw this person was sitting there with a tour and a Bet Yosef and a Shulchan Aruch, and he was dealing with the intricacies of Hilchot Ketubot, the how you write a Ketubah. And Hava Peretz looked at him and he said, why are you studying this? So what do you mean? He said, I have to study the exams for the Chief Rabbanut. Hava Peretz said, I already did the work for you. I already wrote a Sefer with all the Halachot you need to know in Hilchot Ketubah and Kiddushin. He said, I know, but I, I want to learn from the sources. Halapert said, you're wasting time. Bitul Torah. He said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not forgive you for your Bitul Torah. He walked away. Yeah. At that moment, I got to answer my question. But just to make sure, I went over to Halapert. Halapert, let me get this right. Halapert looked at me with real pain on his face. He said, shortcuts? It's not a shortcut. He said, do you know how many hours of my life, precious hours of my life, I could have studied Torah? And instead, I was busy running to the bookshelf and taking down a shach, and going to find the taz, and going to find the notes of the kafachaim, and going to find the tshuva from Bivad Yosef, and going to look for something in this posek, and that posek, another one in Nahar Mitzrayim, and Rebchaim Palaji. said, I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I don't find it in this edition, it's another edition. He said, you know how many hours of my life I wasted following leads that didn't go anywhere, looking for books on the bookshelf. He said, one thing I promised my Talmudim, that if they have a limited amount of time to study Torah, I will serve them everything on a silver platter. I will save them from the commentaries that are incorrect. It's famous in Arab book, sometimes you open up a book and you'll see, he crosses out an entire paragraph, next to what he writes, Lo Nachon, I once saw a book of Hasidut in his house. I can't tell you whose. And he wrote a whole cross in the middle of the page, and he said, this entire thing goes against the Torah. Lo Nachon. Yeah, Arab learned it. But it's a shibush. There's a problem here. Now, you don't have to be a sun developer. That's what I am. You don't have to accept his uh, uh, understanding of what is true and what is not. But I do. And when the Rambam says, I'm so concerned, not about the people who are unable to learn, like Rabbi Yosef Kapach said, not just the people who don't know how to study enough, but those who know how to study but are afraid to get caught in the myriad of opinions, many of them which may not even be correct in the first place. The Chachamim, the false Chachamim, or those who maybe really were Chachamim, but not, were not ripe yet. And their opinions that they suggested to the Halakha community were incorrect. Like the Rambam himself writes to his student, Rabbi Yosef ben Yehuda, like I'll mention later. And like what he writes in his Akdama here, Originally, when the Rambam decided to write the Mishneh Torah, this is what he wrote. And this is his introduction to the book of Mitzvot. As you know, in the Rambam's generation, there was this uh, phenomenon. Chachamim tell us in the Talmud that there are 613 Mitzvot. In the Rambam and many others, all the other enumerators of the Mitzvot, 
are busy trying to count the mitzvot. What are the 613? And it's famous how many people say, look at the Rambam, he wrote this is the 613. And look at the Ramban, wrote this is the 613. And they compare them and why did he hold this and why did he hold that? It was a generation where everyone was counting the mitzvot. And the Rambam, Sefer mitzvot, he writes the following words. מאחר שכבר קדם לנו החיבור המפורסם, שבו כללנו פירוש כל המשנה, because we already previously put out this work, which is a commentary in the whole Mishnah, ראיתי גם לנכון לקבוץ קובץ, I also thought it would be proper to collect a collection of writings, שיכלול את כל דיני התורה ומעשיה, which will include all of the laws of the Torah, practical laws, how to do it. So there'll be nothing missing from it. That's a play on words from a pasuk. And I will be particular as I usually am. Says the Rambam, when I write this book of halacha, unlike others who might give you different opinions and different understandings and different sources, says the Rambam, I am going to be very careful to avoid mentioning machlokot. Not just machlokot, differences of opinions, because those confuse people. I'm also going to avoid anything which he understands to be dachui. It's not proper. It's an improper understanding of the Torah. And I'll only write in this book clear halachot, ruled halachot. And I will intend that the book includes every single one of the halachot of Moshe Rabbeinu. Those that are relevant in the times of our exile, and those that are even relevant when the Ben Mikdash is standing and the state of Israel is in its existence. I, I don't know if you know how great of a sentence this is. Naomi says, you know, I already finished my work of commenting on the Mishnah. Now I decided, let's sit back and summarize the entire Torah. Everything. We won't leave anything behind. Every single halacha and Torah at Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be recorded in a book. Every single halacha. The Rambam knows every single halacha. I don't know that you know or have met in your life anyone like this. The Rambam? You ask him where, what, when, any halacha, any place, any time, anything. The Rambam can tell you where it came from, who wrote it, who's, who argued about it, what the conclusion is in the Ma'aseh today, in the land of Israel, outside the land of Israel, when the Bet Mikdash was standing, when it's not standing, for men, for women, for Jews, for non-Jews. Somebody once asked me, why are you, why are you so intent on holding like the Rambam? Were there no other great rabbis? There were many great rabbis. But what do you want? Someone greater than the Rambam? Who else? Who else wrote something like the Rambam? Maran, we understand Maran. But even Maran didn't write the Halachot. I'm not taking away from Maran. It's the contrary. Maran considered the Rambam to be the Maradatra, the master of the land of Israel. It's known among the Puskim that wherever Maran doesn't reveal his opinion, he intends that we follow the Rambam. That's what we do. But where else do you find a person that can tell you, I'm going to summarize the entire Torah. Not just someone who says they can, but somebody who did it. And did it for us. And I saw proper. I will write it in the language of the Mishnah. So that it will be easy for the majority of people. The language of the Mishnah is Hebrew, but it's beautiful Hebrew. It's simple Hebrew. It's understandable Hebrew. Anyone who's ever read through the Mishnah and have read through the Rambam know that it, 
these languages are understandable, even somebody who's not fluent in the Hebrew language, but has enough background in the Hebrew language, will be able to go through entire passages of the Rambam and understand them. Somebody once told me that Albert Einstein said that if somebody cannot summarize something simply, if someone cannot summarize a complicated matter simply, they didn't truly understand it. The Rambam can take an entire Torah, Tanakh, a Mishnah, a Talmud, Geonim, and condense it into the perfect Piskei Halachot in simple Hebrew. So everybody can approach it and understand it. That itself is a task. Meaning even if somebody had already collected all of the Halachot of Moshe Rabbeinu, and now your job is just to put them into simple language, that would be a miraculous feat in and of itself. But to do both, I will include in it everything that was established and that came clear from the words of the Torah. I will not leave anything that you will need to know that's not mentioned in it. Or I will leave you a rule, because you know there are always new details that pop up. I'll leave you a general rule the equation, so you can plug in the right uh, uh, variables into that equation and come out with the conclusion that is halakha. I desire two things, says the Rambam. Brevity, to be brief, to be concise. I also desire shlemut, to be complete, to include everything, to be wholesome. Here I think is something unbelievable. In my book, Yishalom, in the laws of Tvilat Kelim, I wrote there that there's an art to studying halakha. And that is, if you know how to learn halakha properly, instead of doing what I was taught in grade school or even in high school, you have a dinim class. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. On this day of the year, you must do this in this direction, in that way, in this place, stand, sit. Instead of explaining to people the rule, what is the rule? If I give you the rule, I empower you that in every situation that I didn't teach you, you can still make the halachically correct decision. Says the Rambam, where I cannot give you specifics, I will leave you with a general rule, so that never will you feel abandoned. Oh, the Rambam didn't talk about it, what do we do? I will leave you with that rule. And there in Yehi Shalom, in Yichot Tevilat Kelim, from the first line of Maran, Shulchan Aruch, in Yichot Tevilat Kelim, I showed you, you can learn all of the halachot of Tevilat Kelim. In every single detail, you can already find it in the first sentence. Because you need to know to read into halachot, to understand what are the equations that a chachamim are giving us. Memorization of details means that you've memorized details. It doesn't mean that you understand anything. I think so often, someone sent me a message uh, today, it was Chizuk, somebody was part of our Pesach Kashrut forum. And they sent me a message saying, Rabbi, I just want to say thank you for teaching us halachot instead of hieroglyphics. I thought that was such a nice sentence. I always tell people, don't look at the symbols. Know halakha well to make your decisions. But really it's true. You can be a person who knows how to learn Torah through text, through sources, through classic Jewish sources, or you can be like a parrot which memorizes all kinds of symbols and signs. Which kind of Jew do we want in the world? Says the Rambam, I'm appealing to everyone, even the simple Jew, the regular Jew, because I wish for them to understand how to use halakha, how to learn halakha properly. And that 
is why, says the Ramam, I prefer the Kitsur im Hashlemut. Briefness with wholesomeness. Those two things are missing in the world so, so intensely. We need people who know how to be brief and wholesome. Who are able to teach us everything we need to know. Remember the famous story of the Ger Tzedek, the righteous convert, who comes to Hillel Azaken, says, teach me the whole Torah on one foot. And Hillel tells him the whole Torah, and the rest is commentary. Where do we have such chachamim? You ask a question, he says, I can tell you the whole Torah on one foot, and the rest is a commentary. Ad until the reader will know everything that's written in the Mishnah and the Talmud, Basifra, Basifri, Batosefta. Including everything, the later fences and decrees that were added by the late Geonim. And what they explained and clarified in the laws of what is permitted and what is prohibited. And what is pure and what is impure. What is pasul and what is kasher? And what is obligated, liable, and what is exempt? Who must pay and who must not pay? Who is obligated to take an oath and who is exempt from that? The rule of the matter is So you will not need any other book after the Torah except for the Mishneh Torah. So you may learn everything that you need from the Torah, from this book. Whether that matter is a biblical mitzvah from the Torah or it's a rabbinic mitzvah from my rabbis, everything will be included in that book. I think here is when you can expect fires to be burning in the background. The Rambam is coming along and saying that aside from the Torah, the only book you need is his book. What kind of arrogance? You see Chachamim right there. The Ravad in his notes, this author, he left the way, deviated from the path of all the other authors. The Rambam gives us a gift on a silver platter. And we still find what to complain about. Am Yisrael still find what to reject. Just recently I was arguing with somebody who told me, you know, we would love to have them, but the Rambam didn't give his sources. So, you know, this argument is so old already that it's stale. The argument is so old, I can't believe people still use it. The Rambam did a service to Am Yisrael that no one else did. And no one else attempted to try afterwards. And that is the book of the Mishneh Torah that you and I and all of us together are going to be standing here in the coming months and years of Zad Hashem in the Shibiti Bet Midrash. I want to read maybe one more sent- uh, paragraph and we'll call it a night for tonight. It's proper to pay attention. Rabbeinu Harambam's particular emphasis on the words that I will give you the equation, the foundation, which you'll be able to answer the halacha questions without having to go look too far. Meaning that this book, not just was this book intended to give you the halachot that Rabbeinu wrote explicitly and openly, 
אלא גם ללמוד. But it's a book that you can learn from. לדמות מאורעות ומקרים שיערו במשך הדורות והזמנים למה שנאמר בו. This book can be analyzed and have information extracted from it and projected and applied to new situations and new occurrences that happen in the world. ועל פי היסודות שנקבעו בו and based on the principles which are inside of it, לפסוק בלי היסוס to rule on halachic matters without any hesitation. וכך הבין רבנו ירוחם, אין רבנו ירוחם, famous חכם, maybe I'll post in the Google Classroom to look up his life and his works. רבנו ירוחם also understood this, כפי שציין מוהרשז בשולחנו הטהור דלקמן. Who's the מוהרשז? מורנו הרב שניר זלמן אבליאדי, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, in his pure שולחן, in his pure table. That's the שולחן ערוך of the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe. As you know, in general, the Chachmei Sfarad don't usually call him the Mahorshaz because she and Zayin, in, uh, especially in later Kabbalistic literature, has a negative connotation to it. So you find the Ben Ishchai normally refers to him as Agaon Rabbi Zalman or Rabbenu Zalman, but never with the Shin and the Zayin together. Some call him the Grazash, the other way around, Zayin and the Nashin. Uh, but here, you know, in general, Rabbi Yosef Kapach doesn't seem to be so particular about such matters. Uvin Kudazo Bilvad. And in this matter alone, in order to compare things to it, the Rosh, and those of you who remember the article that I once suggested, that you read about this period in history, Anti-Maimonidean Demons, by Rabbi Faur, that the Rosh once saw that someone compared a situation with what was written inside of the Mishneh Torah, and he made a mistake. And therefore, Katav, he wrote, that a person is forbidden from using the Mishneh Torah to rule on new halachic matters by comparing them. Unless he knows the Shas. But to the opinion of Rabbeinu, Mutav echad but according to Rabbeinu HaRambam, he doesn't agree, obviously, with the Rosh's uh, uh, interpretation of the situation. Rather, you should know that from Rambam's understanding of his Mishneh Torah, he prefers that you make a mistake in Halakha, but that the rest of the time you follow Halakha correctly, and not be like those who don't follow the Mishneh Torah, and therefore make mistakes in Halakha most of the time, if not all the time. You know, I think that here's an important note. There's a famous uh, tshuva from the Rimigash. Rimigash, uh, wrote a teshuvah, this is from the Rambam's teachers, where he was asked the difference between the Tamil Chacham, who knows how to rule halachot, but only from the writings of the, of the Geonim, meaning from the abridged halachic codes that the Geonim put out, or somebody who knows the Talmud, but will make mistakes when ruling because they don't know the codes of the Geonim. Who is preferable to take as a rabbi? The Rimigash writes, and our parents brings us a number of his books, that he who rules like the Geonim but doesn't have sufficient knowledge of the Talmud is preferred. Why? Because at least the mistakes that he makes are mistakes that were ruled into Halakha by great rabbis. But those who use the Talmud and make mistakes, they don't even have who to rely on. They end up in their own arrogance making mistakes in tremendous matters. It's better for you to say, you know, I follow the Shulchan Aruch. Maybe I made a mistake, but I follow the Shulchan Aruch. I follow the Rambam and maybe I made a mistake in application. But at least I follow the Rambam and 99% of the time I'm okay. Then to think, you know what, I don't follow anybody. I'm going to follow myself. And then how often, says the abuse of Kapach, do those people make mistakes? If not most of the time, then all of the time.
וחמור מזה, worse than this says abuse of kapach, שרבים טעו בכוונת דברי הראש. Many made mistakes in the words of the ראש, ודימו שכוונתו שלא יפסוק אדם על פי החיבור, אפילו בדברים המבוארים בפשט דבריו. There are many who read the ראש and understand him to say, that the Rosh was writing that it's forbidden to use the Ramam's Mishneh Torah to rule even on matters that the Ramam wrote explicitly. And this never entered the Rosh's mind. Like the first Lubavitch Rebbe wrote later on, says Rabbi Yosef Kapach, that we'll deal with this matter later. But most definitely the Rosh's intent was not that nobody should study the Rambam. But that he only meant that one should not study the Rambam and use it to apply the cases that the Rambam didn't explicitly mention, even though the Rambam himself doesn't agree with that. Now, there are many people in the world who learn the Rambam. In fact, there are many people who come and quote the Rambam. The Rambam this, the Rambam that, the Rambam the next thing. And then when you look at them, you realize them and the Rambam have nothing in common aside from, they use the Rambam to manipulate him for whatever they want, whenever they need him. And when they don't want to listen, they throw him in the trash. I once put out a video, many years ago, Baruch put out for us. It's called, follow the Rambam, don't study the Rambam. So many people have this, pursuit of Rambam knowledge. They learn the Rambam a little for halachot of this, halachot of that. How many people come the three weeks, learn the Rambam's hilchot Mashiach, but when it comes to actually believing in Mashiach, they don't believe anything like what the Rambam believed. When you tell them the Rambam himself said a person shouldn't spend so much time studying hilchot Mashiach, and they have seminars on Mashiach, and geula gatherings, and all kinds of uh, fantastical, nonsensical creations. And you wonder why? Why do you invoke the Rambam's name in such things? Why? Because they don't know the Rambam. Why? Because the Rambam is not really their teacher. Once I was in a shiur, and a rabbi was discussing matters about missionaries. You know, in Yerushalayim, we had an issue with missionaries back in the day. They said very simply, with a lot of dech eretz, to a Christian missionary, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not telling you you're bad. I'm telling you that don't come to me with my Torah translate it into your language and tell me what my Torah meant in my language when you don't know my language you don't know my Torah and you can't come and recreate my history for thousands of years the same thing I tell people who thump the Rambam around those who wish to use the Rambam against the Rambam and against the followers of the Rambam do us all a favor have a little bit of Dilkeretz and don't come to us and say, the Rambam has done this, we don't follow the Rambam, we don't care about the Rambam, we don't like the Rambam, we don't this the Rambam, the Rambam didn't mean, the Rambam said, if you're going to invoke the Rambam, be from the students of the Rambam. And don't be for those who come to discredit the Rambam and to dispel the Rambam, even in the days that we live in today. Bezat Hashem, beginning next Monday night, we'll finish this part of the introduction, we'll go into the next section, which is the way of ruling halakha like the Rambam, and a few other uh, subcategories of that that Rabbi Yosef Kapach uh, will discuss later that will take us into the whole purpose of the Ravad and his notes on the Rambam, why the Rambam decided not to uh, get involved in uh, arguments around the Talmud. We're going to do all of that Hashem, in Rabbi Yosef Kapach's Hagdama. After that, I assume that we will then begin to study the Rambam's introduction himself. 
I don't know how long this will take us. It might take us until Pesach. It might take us until after Pesach. But, Bezalat Hashem, I invite you to join us again here on Zoom and here on YouTube uh, for the next Shirim that we have. Uh, for those who are watching from far away and see this on YouTube and you wish to zo- join a Zoom classroom, uh, please just send me your uh, information via email or send it to the Shiviti office, info at shiviti.org. We'll be more than happy to connect you to our temporary classroom so long as the Bed Midrash in person is not in session. At least we'll be learning to together there. Uh, for those who are with us online, uh, please know that I'm going to unmute you in just a minute and we can have whatever conversations we'd like to have. Be'ezlat Hashem.